proper. I don't know. All right, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4, verse 1. Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake you not my law. For I was my father's son, tender, and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, in the years of my life thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom, I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. When thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take full fast hold of instruction, let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness, they know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, let keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Title us tonight, Seek Wisdom, the Principal Thing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to assemble together and open your precious word. And Lord, I pray as looking at the word of God again this evening, I pray that you would be glorified and honored and we be uh, allow you to uh, search our hearts, to instruct us, to encourage us, to challenge us. And Father, we just pray that you would have your will and way in each heart. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Your Proverbs talks, of course, a lot about wisdom and understanding. It says that wisdom is the principal thing. That means that it is chief. It is, it is above all. Uh, wisdom uh, is better. In fact, it says in several places in this book, chapter 8, verse 11, for example, wisdom is better than rubies, and all things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. So there's nothing in comparison to wisdom. Chapter 16, verse 16, how much better it is, is it to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding rather to be, than, to be chosen than silver. Now It's even better than uh, strength or, or might. In Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 9, 
verse 13 through 18. The Bible says, This wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. There was a little city and few men within it, and there came a great king against it, and besieged it, and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard and quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. And then chapter 7, Ecclesiastes 7, again verse 19. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. So wisdom is the principle, it's chief, it's more to be desired than anything else in the world. Uh, and, you know, try to define what, what the words wisdom, you know, wisdom and understanding are used here together. Many times it's like they're twins. It seems like if you have one, you have the other. And if you have that one, you have the other one. Uh, you can't have one without the other. It seems that way. Uh, if you notice in verse, in verse 5 of chapter 1, it, it says there, a wise man will hear and increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. So wisdom and understanding are like twins. They, they, they go together. Wherever there's one, there is the other. Wisdom is described by the uh, Hebrew word as skillful. Uh, dictionary.com describes it as the quality or state of being wise, knowledge of what is true or right, coupled with just judgment as to action. So, so it's having knowledge of what is right, but coupled with just judgment as to action. Understanding is described as intelligence, insight, skilled. And again, see there's a, some, some similarities here. Uh, with, and and uh, 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 yeah, Webster's 1828 Dictionary describes understanding this way, the faculty of the human mind by which it apprehends the real state of things presented to it. You know, it apprehends the real state of things presented to it, or by which it receives or comprehends ideas which others express and intend to communicate. So, so it's the, understanding is the faculty of the human mind to, to, to uh, comprehend or understand the real state of things that are presented to it. Uh, now, dictionary.com uh, describes as intellectual faculties, intelligence of the mind. And one of those definitions, one of the modern idea definitions, uh, and I didn't see this anywhere in 1828, cooperative, you know, we say people, if a person is very understanding, what we mean by that is he's cooperative or mutually tolerant of relations between people. You know, he's just very under, just a very understanding person. Well, um, that's not, that's not really a biblical definition. It has to do with the understanding of the real state of things. But as the Bible here talks about wisdom being the principal thing, of course, understanding goes along with it. Remember, that's what Solomon asked, to have an understanding heart. And God gave him wisdom more than any that were before him that would be after him. And, uh, and he says that we, you know, several things he know, that we want to note here, if we are to get wisdom, and again, these are... 
things that are spelled out over and over, spoken of over and over again in the book of Proverbs, we need to hear. Hear ye children, verse 1, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. Uh, You know, the word hear here means to listen to, to obey. The word attend means to prick up the ears. Your dog is laying in the living room on the on the rug, and everything seems peaceably peaceable and quiet. And all of a sudden, those ears prick up. Why? That dog heard something, and it's paying very close attention to what it heard. And that's the idea: prick up the ears, prick up the ears. Job thirty three thirty one says this: Mark well, O Job, and that's the word. That's the meaning of the word. Uh, a ten. Mark well. In other words, you really listen to this, Job. And the Lord was speaking to him. Hearken unto me, hold thy peace. Actually, I think it was Elihu. Hold thy peace, and I will speak. And so, <coughs> excuse me, we need to hear. He says when you when hear or we attend, to know if we want to have wisdom, understanding, we have to really give ears to hear. Attend to it. Uh, prick up the ears. Uh, to listen to it. Uh, we're not to forsake it, verse 2. For I give you good doctrine, forsake you not my law. Don't let it go uh, away from you, or don't let it slip your grass. We are to retain it. We are to lay hold of it, verse 4. Uh, he taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. The, the reality of retaining means to grasp, or lay hold, or seize upon. Uh, we're not to decline. If you notice in verse um, 5, he says, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Need to decline from the words of my mouth. And the word decline means don't bend. Don't bend it. Or stretch it. Or twist it. Or pervert it. In other words, don't put your spin on it. You know, the news media, you know, if the president or somebody gives a speech... The news media always, right afterward, gives you their spin. This is what he said. No, that's what they think he said. That's usually what they do. They interpret for you what they think he meant. You know, if it's conservative, they're going to twist his speech and make it fit their agenda. And that's what not decline here means. You know, you're not to, not to, to bend it or stretch it or pervert it. Don't put your spin on it. Uh, no, to listen to what is said. And so we're not to decline from it. Uh, we're to buy it, as it were. Uh, <clears throat> verse 7, where it says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom with all thy getting. Get understanding. The word get here means to acquire or purchase. And we're, it's to be a prized possession. Uh, something more valuable, as we said earlier, it's better than gold, better than silver, it's better than, than, uh, than strength. So we are to hear, we ought to seek wisdom above all, it is cheap. And wisdom, if we notice also, wisdom will honor thee. Verses 8 and 9 it says, Exalt her and she shall promote thee, she shall bring thee the honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver unto thee. Now look at Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 1, because it really, I believe, gives us an explanation of that crown of glory that 
uh, crown of glory she shall deliver to thee. Ecclesiastes 8.1 says this, Who is as the wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. Now, you know, wisdom will change your perspective in life. It will give you security. It will give you boldness. It will give you strength. It will give you confidence. It will give you assurance. It will establish you. Think about the, what was said about the face of Stephen when he was standing before the Pharisees and, and the Jews and, and, and rehearsing their history and then telling them about Jesus Christ. And the Bible says his face shone. And he was, of course, you know, he's described when they picked the deacons in Acts chapter 6, he was described as a man full of wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit. And they could not, they could not resist his wisdom. And even in the face of the opposition, his face shone. And that's the idea here. A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. He was bold. He was confident. He was certain of, of, of the truth that he was speaking, and his face showed it. That's really what... Verse 9 there where it says, She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she, that is wisdom, deliver to thee. So it will reward thee with, 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 uh, with, a, with boldness and security uh, and, a, and a countenance that shows it. Uh, it, will, it will give you also liberty and protection in life. Notice verses 10 through 13, it says, Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of the life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom, I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is thy light. Now, you know, again here, it promises, wisdom promises uh, length of life, quality of life, uh, it says, you know, when thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. That word straightened means will not be vexed, distressed, or perplexed. Uh, you know, in 1 Samuel, just to give you an illustration of this, in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, we have a man, and by the way, the word straightened is translated distressed. Uh, in many other passages, 1 Samuel 30, in verse 6, it says, And David was greatly distressed. And that's the word straightened. It's, it's translated straightened here in Proverbs chapter 4. So David was greatly distressed. For the speak of people spake of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now the question we need to ask ourselves is, okay, why was David distressed? Well, you have to go to chapter 27, verse 1, to find out. And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines, and Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. Now, what's wrong with that? 
Well, he's just given up on God and run over to the enemy. So he, you know, the Lord has protected him. The Lord, Lord anointed him to be king. Even Saul's son said, I know and my father knoweth that you're going to be king in my father's place. You know, God promised him the kingdom. And, of course, we know that he's been, you know, fleeing and being hunted by Saul. And he's escaped several times, close, near, near, near death circumstances. But, again, God delivered him out of those. And so, all of a sudden, he says, well, you know, one of these days, Saul's going to get me. So, I'm just going to go to the Philistines. I'll just go over and hobnob with the enemy. But he turned away from God. He forsook his trust in God and went to the enemy for protection. Hence, he's now distressed because he had forsaken his God and he had failed to trust in God. Uh, 2 Samuel 13, 2. Amnon was so vexed, and that's, that's that word straightened again there, it's the same, translated from the same Hebrew word, so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar. Again, what was, what was his problem? He, had, he was perverted in his thinking. In 2 Corinthians 6, 11 and 12, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, says, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto your heart and his laws. You are not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your own vials. Of course, this was a church that was worldly wise. And Paul said, you're not straightened in us. You're straightened in your own bowels. Now, the word bowels here means it's regarded as the seat of the more violent passions, such as anger and love. We don't often think of love as a violent passion, but it is. Uh, You know, it's just the opposite of hate. But by the Hebrews, as the seat of the tender affection, tender affection. So it's the, it's, it speaks of the your innermost feelings, and and they were going by their feelings of what they felt was right, by their worldly wisdom. You know, a lot of people justify things because the principles of the Word of God just seem sometimes they seem unkind, at least. To, to some. Uh, and so, so see, he says, you were straightened. They were straightened. You know, wisdom, in our, in, our, in our text, wisdom, it says, will not lead you or, or direct your steps. You not be straightened. You not be hindered. You not be restricted. You not be distressed uh, or perplexed. Uh, no, it'll, it'll, it'll lead you in places of, of liberty and life. But notice also, wisdom avoids evil. Verse 14, Enter not into the path of the wicked, go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Now, wisdom avoids evil. It avoids places of evil. Uh, he says, enter not in the paths of the wicked, uh, or go not in the way of evil men. You know, David, again, David went to the, the Philistines, caused himself much loss and grief. 
you know, he recaptured all of the all the people, but he lost all the you know, and and he recovered some of the loot too. But you know, those those uh, people, I'm sure, were never the same. You know, his family and children were never the same because of that. Uh, Jehoshaphat, another good king of Israel, went to Ramath Gilead with Ahab, and he almost got himself killed in battle. But the worst thing that happened as a result of him going to Ramath Gilead and joining affinity with Ahab is it brought an alliance between him and Ahab which brought about his son marrying the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. Which brought the destruction of his house. Because you remember when his son came into power after the death of Jehoshaphat, whom he had appointed to be the next king, he slew all his brethren, except one that the nurse hid in the chamber. You see, you know, we need to avoid these evil places, places of evil. Avoid evil company and friendships. And again, you know, the, the, you know Dave or Je, uh, Jehoshaphat made friendship uh, with with Ahab. Uh, he had no business going to the northern kingdom. Uh, but we need to avoid evil company, evil friendships. Proverbs thirteen verse twenty says, "He that walk with a wise man shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed." First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Now, it doesn't say your evil communications might corrupt your manners. It says evil communications corrupt good manners. In other words, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. There's an old saying, you get like those you hang around with. You get like the company you keep. And, and so we need to choose our companions, our friends, carefully. Carefully. Uh, those we spend our quality time with need to be those that, that uh, desire to serve the Lord, want to walk with the Lord, because uh, they affect us. You know, it was said of Job. You know, why was Job the man he was? Well, in, in, in Job chapter 1, verse 1, God's description of Job was... That he was a man that was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. The word skewed means he avoided it. He stayed away from it. He stayed away from it. He avoided it. So, you know, wisdom, wisdom avoids evil, whether it's evil places or evil companions. And evil actions, it avoids it. It stays away from it. You know, sometimes, you know, when you read the book of Proverbs and you know all the things that Solomon got involved in, you wonder, wonder sometimes you, you shake your head and wonder, did he live by his own words? <laughs> um, but, but these are things that he said his father taught him. Then I want you to notice also, 
the paths of righteousness get continually clear as we walk in, in, in obedience. Notice verse 18. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. And again, this is a contrast that he's making here between that and the, the wicked. And we'll look at that in a minute. But the path of the just gets, uh, is, is as a shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. And so the idea here is the path of the righteous gets clearer as we walk in obedience. As we obey the word of God, God gives us more and more understanding or more and more wisdom. So the path or the way or, or, or uh, the understanding of life gets clear or the purpose of life, the meaning of life gets clearer to us. As we go along, you know, Psalm 119, verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It sets me on, you know, the word of God sets, sets me on a right course and directs my footsteps, my actions, not only in the way that I'm going, but in the, in the, in the, my actions in route in that way. You know, the lamp unto my feet, that has the idea of right here, but, but it is also, a light unto my path. The word path has the idea of a way or a direction. Psalm 119, verse 30. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. The word simple, of course, means ignorant or naive or those that lack knowledge. You know, John 8, 12. In fact, just turn over there. I wanted to notice something. I never thought about this before. Uh, a lot of things I never thought about before. But anyway, in John eight twelve, it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, did you ever think about the context here? What precedes it? The Pharisees had brought a woman caught in adultery. Caught in the very act of adultery. Where's the man? If she's caught in the act, where's the man? Something wrong here, isn't there? Where's the man? I mean, a woman can't commit adultery without a man. And so this is the context with which Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You see, Jesus... The light, capital L, exposed their darkness. He exposed their evil thoughts and their evil attentions. That's what light does. It exposes evil. It exposes what's wrong. And this was, it's obvious they had evil intentions. For notice in verse 6, it says, this said, They said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote in the ground as though he had heard them not. It would be, you know, I don't know, it's one of those things. Uh, it'd be interesting with heaven if we could ask the Lord, what'd you write on the ground? What'd you write on the ground? It won't make any difference. It's really not important. What's important is he exposed their wrong, their twisting. See, they had spun the scriptures to suit their own agenda. That's what they did. And Jesus exposed their twisting of the scriptures. And then he answered, uh, you know, when he finally did answer them, he said, I'm the light of the world. 
And he that follows me shall not walk or die. If you would follow me, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be twisting the scriptures to your own destruction. First John 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Of course, walking speaks of continuing, speaks of progression, continu- a continuation uh, of walking with the Lord. And as we walk with the Lord, things be, as Proverbs 4 here, 18 says, it becomes, it shineth more and more under the perfect day. You know, when we obey what we know to be right, God gives us more light. More light. But the opposite is also true. Sin, or turning away from the truth, leads to darkness. Verse, verse 19. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. It leads to darkness. Look at Micah chapter 3. <clears throat> Micah chapter 3. Somebody said that's in the white pages of your Bible, the ones you never turn to. Micah chapter 3, verse 5 says this Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that make my people err, that bite with their teeth and cry peace. And he that putteth not, and he that putteth not into their mouths, they even prepare war against him. Therefore, night shall be unto you, and they shall not have a vision. It shall be dark unto you, that ye shall not divine. And the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. Then shall the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. Now, I've considered that verse 5 where it says, That bite with their teeth and cry, Peace. I was thinking what Brother Hoyle said one time in Sunday school, a couple times in Sunday school, about men that he knows he used to take a stand on things, but now they let it go. Not that they like it. It's like they grit their teeth, but they don't want to ruffle the waters. So instead, they'll just keep the peace. And that's what you have here. You have prophets or seers or diviners, Saul referring to the same person, the Old Testament preachers, and he said they're going to say they're going to just they're going to grit their teeth. They know it's wrong. They know there's they know they should be pronouncing judgment, but they won't do it. And then he says, because of that, therefore night shall be unto you, and ye shall not have a vision. It shall be dark unto you that ye shall not divine. And the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. Then shall the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. You know, pretty soon they won't have a message at all. That's what it leads to. They won't have a message at all from the Lord. Why? Because they grit their teeth and kept their mouths shut for peace. Let's keep the peace. That's not, you know, I had a missionary friend one time, we were talking about an older preacher, and he said, he, he just don't want to ruffle the waters anymore. 
Just keep the peace. Destroy the church. See, sin leads to darkness. Romans chapter 1, 20 and 20, 21 22. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither thankful, became vain in imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You know, the Pharisees had the light of the world living in their midst. But in Matthew 13, that light of the world begins speaking unto them in parables so that they would not understand because they refused to believe who he was. You see, sin leads, the rejection of truth leads to further darkness, further darkness. But the path of the just is a shining light. As we obey the Lord and walk with Him, accept the truth as we learn it, God gives us more understanding, more light, and, uh, and we, as we walk in His light. Then I want you to notice finally, just some sound advice for godly living. Verses 23 to 27. Notice several things here. First of all, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We are to, the word keep, of course, means to guard. Uh, we are to, he says, keep thy heart with all diligence. You know, it's our responsibility to keep our heart. Uh, it's out of our heart that comes our actions. In Matthew chapter 12, in verse 34 and 35, Matthew 12, 34 and 35, Bible says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And then in chapter, again in chapter 15, in verse 18, chapter 15, verse 18, he says, But those things, you know, they were, they were worried about the things they were eating, but Jesus said, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. You know, again, the Pharisees had twisted the scripture. They were worried about washing their hands before they eat. And, of course, they criticized Jesus because his disciples ate with unwashing hands. Jesus said, it's not what you put in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of your heart. It's not what goes in. And so, the Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues, our actions, the things that we say, the things that we do, our thoughts come from the heart, the mind, the will is, is what the heart refers to. It's not, not, our, not our physical heart. It's referring to the mind, the will, if you will. Uh, we're to avoid lying lips. Notice verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. 
you know, Proverbs 10.18, He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. Proverbs 12.19, The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. I remember when uh, the last, uh, during the Republican uh, uh, running up to the 2016 election, um, during the uh, debates, I remember Ben Carson saying one time, he said, I'm not afraid. I don't have any skeletons in my closet for them to dig up. Other than they called him Sleepy Ben, you know, they criticized him for that. But, but uh, you know, he said, I don't have any skeletons in my closet, like Joe Biden and, you know, some of the others do. <laughs> um, no, lip of truth shall be established forever, but lying tongue is but for a moment. Verse 22, lying lips are an abomination of the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. So we're to avoid lying lips. Uh, we're not to be distracted by the world's enticements. Notice verse 25. Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. This is the idea here of, of, of not being distracted by the world's allurements or its enticements. It was said of Moses in Hebrews 11.25 that he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Oh, there... You know, there's no denial that there, there, there may be pleasure in sin, but it's only for a season. It's a lying illusion. First uh, John 2.15-17 through 17, Love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. When Amnon had his lusts satisfied, he hated her. It was over. That was it. It was only pleasure for a little bit, and that's gone. You see... Don't be distracted by the world's enticements. By getting the things of the world, they're not going to satisfy you. They're going to satisfy you. May you, you may think you have the biggest and the best and the nicest, and somebody's going to come along with something bigger, better, and nicer than what you have. I remember a preacher saying one time, he used an illustration about something that he had. He, he bought this, and I remember these bicycles that had banana seats, some of you my age remember that bike. He said he got one of those, and he thought he had the nicest, the biggest, and he was happy. I mean, he was just, he was just you know, so proud of himself. And he said about a week later, he saw somebody that had something newer and nicer. And the pleasure of that was all gone. It's all gone, just like that. So don't be distracted by the world's enticements. And then, fourthly, consider all your, always your direction. Keep on the right path. Verse 26, ponder the path of life. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. You know, we need to always be considering, where am I going? Where is this taking me? 
what's the end going to be? We shouldn't say, okay, I enjoy this now, and that's all we see. Because everything has fruit, bears fruit down the road. There's a logical end to things. Where is this leading me? What's the purpose in this that I'm involved in or what am I doing? It may, it may not be a sinful thing. But what's going to be the logical fruit of it? Is it going to benefit me? You see, we need to be always considering our direction. And, of course, we need to be following the light of the world. If we, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And, of course, we know that, that 1 Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, He has made unto us, I think it's one thirty-one. He has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He is wisdom. And one preacher I knew used to say that Jesus, the book of Proverbs, is Jesus in shoe leather. And we just need to follow the instruction that God gives us in his word. He is the light of the world. He is wisdom. And wisdom is the principal thing. We need to seek it. It's better than gold or silver, more to be desired than rubies than anything. Wisdom is better than strength. We need to seek wisdom. It will protect us and guide us well through life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. Thank you for the challenge it gives to us. Thank you for this instruction. And I pray, Father, that you help us to seek the wisdom of God every day of our lives. Help us to... um, be obedient in your, to your word, keep your commandments to, to uh, rightly comprehend uh, its truths that we might apply it, that we might uh, walk in your ways and keep your commandments, that it may be well with us. So, Lord, we just thank you again for the instruction you give us. Help us to heed it and obey it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.